Welcome in to another edition of Divorce Force Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm very excited to introduce this next guest from Buffalo, New York, to Killing It in the Sales Development Space, Alan Hallis. Enjoy. Hey, hey. Pleasure to be here, Adam. Doing great. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me. So I got to ask, like, do you... How many times did you have to practice that to uh, to get it right, man? Dude, I didn't really do it much in the beginning. I, I was watching my TV and I was like, "All right, there's something about this voice. I gotta try it." <laughs> so I, I tried it, and then my my buddy was sitting right next to me. Was like, "Dude, that that wasn't bad." So then, just like collectively over time, I it, it was pretty natural, man. And now here I am making like YouTube videos and people are like recognizing me by Asian Trump. Like I went to the Bills game last year. There was a tailgate addressing costume and people are like, oh yeah, we need to take a picture. That's awesome. And yeah, <laughs> it just kind of turned into something pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And, and you just released a video today, um, but the content you released, it's not just about the appreciation of it, but it's also very relatable to sales. Um, talk about that and like your inspiration to do, you know, the videos um, around sales and for SDRs, BDRs. Yeah, I mean, that's always been one of my uh, biggest passions in life is trying to genuinely help people people and, and, and coach them and just trying to, um, you know, pass on my skills and create, um, you know, just improvement and overall betterness. So, I started my sales career, my SDR career at a place called Inside Sales Team, which turned to Alleyoop. They, they changed names, but I was over <laughs> there for six years and um, I was able to represent our biggest client, Discover Org, which got acquired by Zoom Info. And that, that was really a pleasure being on that team and just learning the ropes and learning uh, learning everything that uh, an SCR goes through on a day to day, which is not easy. And they're very underappreciated. And in, in my opinion, just as important as the AE role, because there's so much, uh, so much being on the front lines. Yeah, for sure. And you talk about, so talk about your early days in college. And when did you decide, hey, I really want to make sales a career? Or like, what was that decision making process like? And did you think that you would be here today? Um, as director of sales at growth, you know, in, in college. Yeah. In college, man, I, I always, uh, actually a little bit before college, um, you know, well in high school and whatnot, I was a grill cook at Bob Evans and that was like, <laughs> that's my way to make money. But <laughs> yeah. um, I was also like most of my, um, younger years between like middle school and high school, I was in hardcore bands and I, I screamed and I wrote music too. And that's really what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to be, be this rock star and oh yeah, just scream, scream, <laughs> scream in hardcore bands, like a madman tour the world but unfortunately uh it, it doesn't go as planned always and that's kind of like a hard niche to to really break through in so after that uh that career kind of not career but after the band broke up then i uh, actually started selling gym memberships at a place called buffalo athletic club and then moved over to la fitness and then, um, yeah, then I love I, I got, it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Then I got an opportunity. I was just like on indeed looking at sales roles and sales positions and came across the inside sales team and thought it was very interesting. I, I never heard of the SDR role, um, had no idea what sales development was and really took a chance and they took a chance on me and 
I remember like the first week there, I, cause, cause what inside sales team does is it's like an outsourced uh, sales development. So clients mm. hire them to basically set meetings and generate set meetings and to generate revenue. I, I accidentally emailed like, 200 people oh. from the inside sales team email when it was supposed to be from the client. And I remember the owner at the time was like, oh, this guy's got to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> they wanted to can my ass in the first week. But uh, but luckily they didn't because I ended up uh, making the company a lot of money, hitting quota about 46 months in a row. row. Wow. And um, yeah, and then just led the team to where it is today. And um, I say that as humble as possible because just it's been quite the run and just the experience has, has led, led me to where I am today. Yeah. So talk about that early time in gym sales. I come with, I come from a gym sales background myself. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So talk about those early days selling like gym memberships and how have some of those lessons carried you on throughout your sales career? Yeah. Um, I've, I've always loved people. I've always loved interaction and almost like the psychology behind of of learning why people do what they do and why they buy and what motivates them. And I, I enjoy just being in the, the fitness fitness uh, arena and just having people come in, selling memberships, getting them in shape. Um, it was just, I, I really enjoyed that. I really did. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and talk about the transition into, because um, I would imagine uh, when you were selling gym memberships, it was similar to like, a full cycle rep. So essentially like how was the transition going from that uh, to like the SDR environment? Yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of it was walk-ins. We had people who just mm-hmm. walk in the gym and just want to, want to join. Um, a lot of it was also um, like former leads, dead ops of people who came in before, but ended up going with a different gym or just didn't buy a membership for some reason. And then a lot of it was also, cold outreach, which really uh, set me up for the SDR role. Um, Just kind of doing my own research, referrals, talking with friends, and just kind of building that value of why they should come work out at Buffalo Athletic Club or why they should join LA Fitness. Yeah, that's awesome. And talk about, um, you know, your time and sales and like those first couple uh, months in the SDR role and like making you jump into leadership and making sure that you were making quota and being consistent and then making that transition into leadership. When did you know you wanted to do that? And also making sure you were also being consistent and hitting your numbers. Yeah. So in the beginning, it, it took me a while. Um, I was always <laughs> kind of like a slow learner. Everyone around me would always, um, learn a lot faster, very hands-on. So I remember probably within the first two months, and I made a post about this on LinkedIn before, but I I was very, very shy and embarrassed on the phone, even though I love talking, I love people, I love making that connection. The thing is everyone on Discover Org which was the client that we were representing at the time was so good. And <laughs> I, I didn't want them to hear me. I didn't want to like, Oh shit, this guy, this new guy is terrible. So what I would actually do is I would like get underneath my desk. I would 
I would like hunch over and direct <laughs> my voice to the floor because I did not want anyone on the team to hear me. And just, yeah, it was an embarrassing time, but you know, how I, how I ended up getting over that was literally wrote my pitch on a Google doc about 48 to 50 times. And I had to make the pitch me. I had to make that screw to me. I had to be confident in it. And then once I gained that confidence, it was smooth sailing from there and just uh, was able to set meetings like a machine. Well, I can imagine being like the SDR trying to put your head to the ground. Like you're the only one like on the phone. Like, can you imagine hearing a pitch up? That's at the worst, <laughs> like being the only one like talking. That's that's I can imagine that had to be a crazy, uh, crazy time. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of grit, too. And uh, because I, I take it like a lot of SDRs, especially when they're starting out and not coming from that background, they're probably, um, they feel out of their environment. They don't feel comfortable, <laughs> especially if it's like a product that is, is not very well known. Luckily discover org was, uh, was, is a great product. So, um, I, I was lucky there, but yeah, SDR, it, it's a tough job and it's not for everyone, but it is, um, just from a growth standpoint and, just um, income and career too. It can be very rewarding. I, I love it. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, being, you know, from SDR to leadership role, when was that turning point for you? And how did you approach it? Like, obviously you're there, you know, setting meetings, doing the SDR role, day in and day out, being consistent. And how did you make that leap to leadership? Because a lot of times, I mean, obviously, SDR manager would say, hey, SDR for life, right? But obviously you also want that growth opportunity as well. Sure. That's a, that's a great point and great question. So I was in SDR for about four years. Um, and then like I, I had a great mentor too, Brian Vital. <laughs> He's now the VP of uh, inside sales over at Zoom Info. And nice. I had an opportunity within my second year to be a team lead and uh, be, be a manager, but I didn't do that because the SDR role was so rewarding. And at that time, I, I loved the thrill. I loved the hunt. I loved <laughs> um, just busting my ass and I didn't care about rejection at all and just being in the trenches. Um, you know, after four years, though, it, it did get a little old. I'm like, all right, now <laughs> I, I, I've, I've proved myself. Now I want to take on a leadership role and really teach. I mean, I've always tried to teach it to other people, but I, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, an, I'm, I'm done making calls. I'm done prospecting. Now I want to, I want to actually help people and individuals become awesome at this job. Yeah, that's awesome. And and four years, like you said, I mean, you were you were killing it. But what do you tell young SDRs who come to you and say, "Hey, man, I want to be an AE as quickly as possible"? What, what do you tell What do you tell those folks? I say, man, like learn learn the SDR role. Like it's not for everyone. You you may think like, okay, I want to be an SDR. I'm gonna hop in here, and then you might absolutely hate it. And and there's nothing wrong with that. It's part of life. That's part of growth. But you know, if you do like the SDR role, then then keep at it because it you learn so much. Just you can take every lesson you learn and translate it to everyday life too. So it, it, it's just so great. And then I say stick with it because there's 
you prove yourself to get promoted to AE and then um, sales manager and then work your way up the chain. But it really also depends on uh, the company and the way they have it set up as far as commission and, and hourly and, and all that stuff too. It really matters. It matters what is most important to you and you really need to just um, guide your career path that way to make the best choices, I feel. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, obviously uh, the SDR role a lot of times is looked at as this entry level position. However, it's a very important role. And a lot of times uh, many new SDRs want to be promoted quickly. So how does like, how does a sales demand industry like mitigate that and, and try to make sure that those individuals try to make the best of the situation? Yeah, they that, that that's a, a that's tough because <laughs> yeah, it really it really depends. Uh, um, yeah, it just it's it, it a lot of it depends on the setup and structure of, of the company, but uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, leave, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, so talk about your time at Alley Um Obviously, you were there for over five years. Yeah. Um, so talk about what it was like when you first got there and how incredible was it to see the growth um you know when when you left and moved on to uh, gritseed yeah when i first got at leu or inside sales team it was um i, I had no idea what to expect I, <laughs> I i remember many days um leaving pissed off and like what what am i doing i didn't set any meetings i'm here making 200 dials and <laughs> i don't have shit to prove for it <laughs> but um you're gonna have those days as an sdr you're gonna get beat up you're gonna get you know you're gonna get punched on the chin but it's all about getting back up and just wanting to get better I put in so many hours of just personal self-development to make sure that I'm, I'm learning, I'm gaining my product knowledge. I'm learning how to um, have great tonality and energy. I'm learning how to overcome objections. So it's really um, just a lot of time spent learning. And then after, after I learned and after I, I was kind of successful at that, um, going into like a coaching mentoring role, that was, um, that was still kind of the same in the sense of all the techniques were, were, were all the same, but it was just a pleasure and honor to be able to pass that down now and teach it to other people and then see them set meetings coming from a background that they, they had no idea what the SDR role was or is. So that, that was awesome. And then uh, six years into the job, I uh, had, a, had a great opportunity to go over to a startup company called Gritseed, which has been an amazing experience so far. The CEO, Raj, is awesome. And I think I truly believe in our product as well and really excited to see where this road takes me. Yeah, for sure. And, and talk about um, the differences uh, between um, you know, Gritseed and Alley-Oop. Uh, what are some of the differences and uh, similarities as well as, um, you know, your role now? Yeah, the main the main difference is Alley-Oop is strictly setting meetings and strictly the SDR role. They do have a client, uh, strictly on Cleveland Golf, which is full sales. But other than that, it's all SDR work. With Gritseed, it's an actual engagement platform. So it's, so it's software itself. So I am uh, tasked with the ability to 
grow out the company and try to create revenue in, in, in different um, in, in different ways. So building out an SCR team and actually being able to run demos myself and try to think strategy and, and, and outside the box, different ways to, to grow uh, an eight person company. Nice. Yeah. And um, that, that's awesome. And what do you, what is the goal obviously, um, you know, for, for that and how many SDRs um, does Gritseed have right now? Or are you looking to, to build that out from scratch moving forward. Yeah, really looking forward uh, to, to building it out. Right now, it's pretty much myself doing a lot of the work. I mean, even the CEO, Raj, is, is still making calls too. <laughs> so we are really, really green and um, learning a lot in the process. So just taking it day by day, but have an awesome, uh, awesome team here, awesome product, and uh, just yeah, great, great people. That's awesome. And for SDR, the SDR environment, have you been uh, strictly outbound or have you also been inbound as well? Um, mostly, mostly outbound for sure. Okay. And yeah. as far as like the strategies for outbound, what have, you know, obviously you're, you know, making a lot of dials, talking to people that may not be familiar with your product. Uh, so what do you, what made you successful and, and connecting with that people that, may not give you that time of day when you're working with an outbound strategy. Yeah, I, th I think uh, one of the things that really uh, sticks out most to me there is knowing the difference between being persistent and being annoying. Um, <laughs> I, I'm like all my hot leads, I would make smart callbacks, which a smart callback is just setting a callback um, in the morning. Usually I would do like 9 a.m. and then one at 4, at 4 p.m. So I would call them once in the morning and then once in the late afternoon. I wouldn't call people more than three times, but I would make sure if it's a really hot lead, I would call them two times a day because these are high-level executives, super busy people. You never know when they're going to answer the phone. I mean, some people, you're going to get a handful that will never pick up the phone. They just won't answer an unknown number. <laughs> but other times they'll just be, they could be in a meeting talking to someone, hear the phone ring and not pick up, but then you call them back um, later in the day and they answer. And it's been cool too, to see like so many different techniques and just see all like, just see SDR role grow. I mean, I had a call today, someone from Zoom Info called me because Gritseed isn't using it because we're, we're still pretty, uh, pretty small, mm -hmm. but the dude double tapped me where he, he, he called once and then called again. I'm like, oh, oh shit, this must be important if he's calling me again. <laughs> double tap does work. So um, I, I appreciated it and recognize that technique. That was, that was awesome. Yeah, for sure. I definitely <laughs> uh, use that like the guy, like, if the connection is bad or the person hangs up, I'm like, okay, well, maybe that was once I'll try it again. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely works once in a while. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's always um, about just trying new things and uh, taking what works and then throwing out what doesn't. Yeah, for sure. And talk about the power of social. Um, do you think that it's going to evolve over time as far as being able to book meetings through like a platform like LinkedIn? Yeah, I, I love LinkedIn. The, the thing with LinkedIn is you do have to make sure you're doing the right things on there. Because um, a lot of it, I mean, yes, personalization and social selling is huge. But some people now that I see personalize it the wrong way. And, and huh. like, if you, for example, um, I'll get a handful of LinkedIn messages a day where it'd be like, oh, hey, Alan, congratulations on the new role. And then a 
literally a paragraph of just product pitch. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right. You did one little sentence of personalization. Um, yeah, it's, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like for um, as far as like being able to um, hunt for the right people, because I know like for for finding individuals on LinkedIn can definitely be a powerful way to get to people if you're not able to get them on the phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely a powerful way. Um, utilizing LinkedIn Sales Navigator if you have it. And yeah, great, great tool. Definitely one of my favorite. Um, as the SDR world evolves too, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, I'm sure you're, you're I, don't, I don't know about yourself, but um, been doing a lot of videos, a lot of videos. Mm. I think Vidyard is awesome uh, for personalized videos. Been really doing a lot of that as well. Yeah, for sure. I love it. And then um, just as far as your teams that you've been able to manage, um, what has been the most rewarding part of, you know, managing a group of SDRs and, and seeing them succeed? Just that feeling you get from helping other people. Like I a hundred percent mean that. Like I, I, I love that. I, I love being a coach. I love trying to guide and just show show people the way in like a non um douchiness way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um so talk about like obviously you've um coached a lot of SDRs. So talk about the a couple of traits, uh one or two traits that you've seen uh the top performance process and what do you think they are able to do on a consistent basis to always hit quota? Yeah, I think I think the number one characteristic is definitely grit. So being able to face rejection day after day and just coming in with your head up, ready to bust your ass and, and give it your all. Because it can be so easy to just get out of that mindset. Um, yeah, so grit. I think being intellectually curious is huge, and being coachable. Like you definitely have to be coachable. I, I would hire people uh, over at Alleyoop, and there, there'd be some people with. 20 years sales experience thinking that this is going to be super easy and they're <laughs> going to crush it. But little do they know it's a completely different job, completely different role and responsibility and end up either quitting or get fired within two weeks. So yeah, though, those are, those are probably the top three characteristics in my opinion. Yeah. And talk about some of the, uh, you know, SDRs that you hired or interviewed and, and talk about some of those, um, you know, interviews and the ones that you have hired, you know, what have they done well in that? And what are the ones that haven't made it past the interview process? Uh, what are some things that they could have improved on during that process? Yeah. As far as like the interview process goes, I, it might sound cliche, but I always like asking the question, what is your biggest failure and how did you overcome it? Because you can really tell when someone's like making up a story when they say <laughs> that by their like in-person body language too. And it was always interesting to see what people would say. And you can really, um, it's a good indicator of, of, of grit and, and what that person's been through. But um, that, that was definitely, um, that was definitely a great question to ask. And uh, what was the last part of the question? I'm sorry. Just like the ones, um, you know, what have you seen the ones that have made it past the process? Like the candidates have done well, you know, what have, what has stuck out on your mind with that? As well? Yeah. Just having that, had that, 
just having a great energy to them and a great mindset, optimistic, positive. And when I would ask that question of what was your biggest failure, just it really had to be a great, a great story where they turned, turned a negative into a positive and just continue to uh, continue to do great things with it. Yeah. Yeah. And awesome. And so given that you transitioned into your new role recently, um, did you do any um, hiring at alley-oop, um, you know, virtually before you moved on to your new role? We did. Yeah, we definitely did. We were actually uh, using Gritseed alley-oop. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's super cool because it's uh, engagement platform, texting and video. And it's really awesome the way that it, it's structured too. So we really utilize that video aspect of recruitment so we can actually see everyone and, and see them, see their body language and, and see how they um, react to answering the, the questions that we asked. Yeah. And, and being in your role, you know, as a manager, how difficult was it to, to interview and hire virtually but how, you know, how challenging was it, but how, you know, rewarding was it to see it, a person that you interviewed come on through that experience as well? Yeah, it, it was definitely, um, it was definitely challenging for sure. So how we did it is we would, after a person would apply, that we, they would, um, they would be put, they would be put through Gritseed and the questions, and then we would have our management team uh, individually assess assess each candidate, and then we would give the thumbs up or down, and make the hiring decision from there. Yeah, nice, nice. And then, um, and it's just as far as like the virtual interviews, how many? Like, would it be like um, would there be like a couple, or is it like one main virtual interview with um, you know with yourself and the, uh, somebody else as well? Yeah, usually we would do the virtual interviews first. It would be, um, we'd have them actually, when we before COVID, we would have them come in the office if their resume looked good and we wanted to bring them in. And then we would uh, email them the link to Gritseed where it's going to be 10 different questions where uh, there were like four of them were video and then the remaining six were like written like some one question was an essay for him too. So really, really involved, but it's cool. Cause it screens people out too, because if they're not interested in the job, they're not going to take the time to make great videos and to answer an essay for a job that they don't want. So that's what I really loved about Gritseed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, um, you put those weed qualifiers in and if somebody says, ah, I don't want to do it. And that, that that does show that they might not be as interested in the job for sure. Yeah, just making a bad hire is, <laughs> and I've made a few bad hires in my in my past, but just not good for either party. A lot of no. time, money, energy wasted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And, and obviously, no organization is perfect. Um, sure, but you know, there's also there's. Uh, you know, you can do the best that you can, but obviously um, you will never know until the person gets there. Right. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, so, yeah, man, talk about, you know, why, you know, you stay in sales. Obviously you've mentioned the coaching aspect, um, but, you know, sales gets a bad rap. You know, a lot of people uh, when they go to school or they say, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? A lot of times it's uh, not a salesperson. person. Um, so tell me like, 
what continues to motivate you to stay in sales uh, besides the coaching aspect? And if you had to describe, you know, one word about the sales industry, what would it be and why? I, I love that you asked it and said that because I, I think a lot of people, especially not coming with a sales background, I think they have a different idea of what sales is. Like you think even, even my one buddy Desmond, who who's in the real estate business, like doesn't come from a sales background at all, but he's like, Oh man, I, I don't know how you, how you guys can set meetings all day. I, I just hate the phone. I, I'm not, I don't see how you can do sales pretty much. And I'm like, dude, you're like, that's not, really like what sales is you're looking at is like, all right, I'm this annoying sales guy. I'm being pushy, making all these calls, but it's really not about that at all because the way I look at it and the way salespeople should look at it is you're looking to solve a problem. You're looking to genuinely help and make that person's day-to-day business interactions and operations and workflow much easier with what you're calling them about. So I'm not looking at it like, oh my God, I'm interrupting their day. I'm gonna, I, I can't call them. <laughs> you know, like I'm calling them because I'm I'm providing value. I'm not a debt collector. I'm not selling them um, paint on the wall right here. You know, I'm literally like trying to sell. Like I want to introduce you and and show you what's possible of of how you can you know, save, save money or, I mean, it sounds cliche, but save money or give you hours of your day back, whatever that, that pain point is. So um, that's the way look at sales. It's all about mindset. Yeah, for sure. And talk about your time as an SDR. Uh, Who did you lean on as maybe a peer mentor or also other senior uh, leadership as far as making sure you were on the right track and, and staying successful within the SDR environment? Yeah. Um, one thing real quick to answer your last question to you, you mentioned one word to, um, mm-hmm. to, to kind of describe sales. I, I just think growth, growth would be really the one word I would uh, choose to describe sales. Um, but yeah, to answer that question now. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, definitely Brian, Brian Vital was one of my main uh, mentors, uh, people that I learned a lot from. And also, my friend Jeremy Naparella, I knew him before he started working at Alleyoop. We've been uh, really great friends since college and whatnot. Nice. I actually got him a job at Alleyoop too. <laughs> and just it was cool because being able to work with them side by side, having one of my best friends there, learning together, role playing together, and just pretty much doing everything together made the experience so much better. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and, did you have the ability to um, listen to calls? Like, did you have anything like a gong where you were able to uh, hear your calls back? Yeah. So at the time, uh, Discover Org, the the actual the actual Discover Org, their company used Gong and, and Chorus and whatnot. We used, uh, I think it was Refract.io, I believe. And then of oh, course yeah. we had we had outreach and everything too. So. Yeah, yeah. And how important is it? Um, because obviously. Uh, throughout the day, SDRs are, are on the phone themselves. But how important is it? Obviously, you had, um, you know, a buddy from college there. So that was a tremendous help, I, I, I would imagine. But talk about how important is it for SDRs to listen to those top performers and other peers as well who are successful within their own team? 
Oh man, yeah, it's it's everything. You need you definitely need to be listening to the top performers calls and then also your own calls because that's going to really be the best way that you can learn and get better. So I, I made sure, you know, when when I was in the trenches, I definitely listened to my calls. It was painful. I, I didn't like hear <laughs> I didn't like hear my calls at all, man. It was it was brutal uh, a couple times, but yeah, I, I definitely learned a lot and I heard what I was doing wrong and. As, as I mentioned, my buddy Jeremy was over there. He actually pointed something out that I didn't even realize I did. He's like, dude, do you know that you say you know a lot? Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. and then I played back the call, and I said you know like 15 times. I'm like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, that, that's why you should listen to your calls, though, because you do little mannerisms, little filler words that you might not even realize you do, and then you hear it, and, yeah, it makes all the difference. For sure. One of mine, like – I'll say like, I'll say awesome, awesome. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, this is out of Cyber, and then they say their name, I'm like awesome, awesome. <laughs> like, but I've noticed like um, one of my other teammates um, pointed it out, and now like I'm making sure not to say it as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like. Yeah, awesome, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, even right now during during this uh, this interview, I'm I, I think about Jeremy saying that, dude. Like, don't say you know. So I'm trying not to say you know. It's always in the back of my mind. I know there's dang fellow words. You have a great conversation, and then you'll be sitting in, and you hear a filler where you're like, oh my gosh, that just killed the. <laughs> Killed the flow. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, so talk about talk about you know um, the the time in the band and what was that like? How did that all get started? Yeah, dude, it was uh, back in the days of middle school. <laughs> I've always been in. I always, I like taught myself how to play saxophone, uh, like alto tenor. I've always been into music and instruments, and then I. I was into punk rock, like no facts, rancid growing up, Pennywise and all that, like that <laughs> skate, skate punk type of, uh, type of music and really influenced me learn how to play guitar and like, Oh dude, this is rad. Want to, I want to play music. This is what I want to do. So got uh, a couple close friends together who had the same passion and started making music and yeah, it just spiraled into, uh, uh just, some of the greatest times in my life, just being able to play shows and just seeing people react to music that you wrote is awesome. Kind of like the SDR coaching thing, like just being able to teach people different techniques and seeing them use that to the best of their ability is it's kind of a, a, a relation there, but it, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I, I, I need to start playing music again. I definitely miss it for sure. Yeah. And how long, how long was like, the band together and everything. Yeah, so I was in a couple bands. The first one was MSI, More Stupid Initials. That was like our first band. We were together for five years. That was like the early days. And then we actually started getting serious in a band called uh, Crimes of Passion and then Remember Me. And then the last band I was in was called Sounds Goodbye, where we actually did a couple tours and stuff down. Uh, we, we went on the East Coast. We went down South, too. So that was quite the experience. We spent some nights in the Walmart parking lot in our <laughs> in our van and trailer. So that was interesting. But, yeah, it, it was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't imagine that that is definitely, um, you know, an awesome vibe there. Um, so do you um, use some of that music experience to try to implement that 
um, on the sales side, kind of have any fun activities or or music uh, kind of uh, themes within uh, the sales org? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not really. I, I mean, I love gamification. I, I love coming up with different contests. But that that's a great idea, though. I should use, I should use it. Yeah, next uh, next time you um, you know ring the gong instead of ringing the gong, you're like play uh, play an instrument or something. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so just talk about you know for young college students or even SGRs who have been laid off um, during this pandemic. Obviously, it's hit everybody uh, in a different way, but talk about what advice you would give, uh, you know, new grads and those uh, SDRs who are looking for that next uh, sales role. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy time for sure. Um, never thought that I would be in a world where, where we with, with what's going on it's been it's been effing crazy man yeah. put it that way but um if you're coming out of college and and you're looking uh to looking into the sdr role i, I would definitely recommend it because even if you do get frustrated and it's not the best job in the world it's definitely a great first job and can turn into something beautiful um i i would highly recommend going for it and and seeing where it takes you yeah for sure and and just to uh bounce on um you know something you mentioned earlier when you were um you talk about your grit and not being able or being able to push through those early struggles um but what else was that i mean obviously you were around uh very skilled strs how did you make sure you didn't get frustrated, um, you know, that they were like potentially hitting numbers or getting, um, you know, meetings a lot? And then how did you make sure to not play the compare game? Because I think a lot of SDRs get in there and they also, you know, they tend to compare a lot. So how did you make sure it, you didn't compare and you were just going to focus on yourself and your growth? Yeah, that's that's a great great point too. I mean, I feel some people are definitely their worst enemy because they 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 see the competition and and they let that get in their head and be be their downfall. But just always remember you're you're on the same team, you're the same company, and and yes, it's great to be number one, but also it's great to be the underdog, and it's also great to put in the work and still make a healthy paycheck and and learn new skills every day and just have great conversations. That's what I really loved about the SDR role because yes, you're you're making calls every day. It's kind of the same thing, but it's really not because you never know when someone's going to answer. You don't know how that conversation is going to go. You don't know what objection they're going to throw at you and that's really a, a big thrill of it to me and also uh just creating different contests and gamification to to create that friendly competition atmosphere for all the employees and um it's important to have great contests so the the floor can feel that and you don't have your your b players getting jealous of the a players <laughs> because they have no chance of winning so yeah for sure yeah. And, and talk about um, the rejection piece, obviously rejections is part of sales, but a lot of times, you know, new SDRs coming in, it can take a little bit of adjusting to. So talk about, you know, the best ways or some best practices to get over that um, rejection when you first get into the role. Yeah, I just got to really understand that 
you're not going to see these people ever. <laughs> and and yeah. two, and two, just like having the mindset of you're you're a stranger calling them randomly out of the blue. Like you, you got to think if you get a cold call and you don't know the person, you're like, hello. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you want? It's just kind of weird, awkward. People tend to run away from that or hang up. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure you heard of the 95-5 rule where 95% of the objections you hear are not true. 5% five, 5 are. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, def, it's just human nature. It's psychology that people are probably going to say no if they don't know you and you just kind of interrupt their day. Yeah, for sure. And talk about... Um, some of your best strategies of overcoming objections, obviously, um, a lot of them are, are common, whether it's budget, whether it's time. Um, but tell me a time when you were like an SDR bull and that call, you know, you kept at it and at it and the finally got the person to say, you know what, let's do this. Do you, do you have any like ones that stick out in your mind that you're like, wow, I really did that one. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the best thing you could do after any objection is always acknowledge too many, too many times like people will get an objection and they won't acknowledge that objection or they'll go into completely something else or they'll ask for the meeting right that right then again when they just said no so for example like if you're like yeah just it's not something we're interested in, just send me over an email <laughs> i would just be like yeah no problem at all adam i'll send you an email right now i completely understand uh, but i would say as being uh, VP of sales, Adam, I know how important it is for you to hit your daily, your monthly, your quarterly, and your yearly numbers. So here at Gritseed, how we would help you do that. And then really, so I'm kind of doing a little persona selling slash <laughs> um, hitting, um, then I would go hit in the pain point a little more too. But the transition after the objection is, is flawless. So I'm, I'm showing empathy by acknowledging what you said. So yeah, no problem at all, Adam. I'll send you an email right now. Uh, thank you for saying that. But I then I go but but i would say and then i go into yeah i love it <laughs> going I to love the persona it. and pain point and it's all about tonality too because you could say the same thing and have like like you can just kind of be shy or have a yeah, low tone low energy tone and it wouldn't work because they could hear it in your voice so as long as you like really mean what you say when you acknowledge them it, it's it should work 99 percent of the time not not saying you'll get the meeting, but they won't cut you off right there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's fire. I love it. Definitely, you have to. I, and this has always been said: you mirror their tone. Yep. And gotta show empathy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So just um, you know, as we wrap things up here, um, what is something that you wish you would have known prior to getting into sales development? And, you know, what have you really, um, how do you help those individuals learn, uh, learn that? Oh man. One thing I wish I would have known. <laughs> uh, that's a great question. One thing I wish I would have known. I wish I would have known, uh, the, ex I wish I wish I would have known what exactly uh, my commission was going to be if I hit hundred percent, truthfully. Because <laughs> as you know, I'm sure with a lot of companies, the commission will uh, tend to change sometimes. But 
yeah, <laughs> just being yeah. honest, just being honest here. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that does. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's that's huge. I think um, full chance pay with commission is is always important. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's huge and definitely important. Um, so talk about you know the importance of of culture. Um, within sales, particularly in sales development, obviously that's a very competitive industry. You know, when you're dealing with metrics and and trying to meet um, your goals for the month and the quarter. Uh, but talk about how important is it to find that fit with culture as well? Yeah, culture is so important. And we actually created a role at Alleyoop back in the day. Um, the CEO and myself, we created the CFO, so Chief Fun Officer, because I <laughs> love I love doing potlucks, I love doing ping pong tournaments and different events for our our, um, our salespeople and floor. So we we made that an actual thing, and it, it was pretty cool. So culture is super important if you're in office it's it's still important now that times have changed with covid and a lot of people and companies work remote but there's still great great tools and great forms of gamification that you can utilize to um, create that atmosphere and culture for your employees yeah for sure and just moving forward with the work and home environment and sales development how challenging is that and then what should managers you know, do moving forward um, during the work and home environment to make sure their sales team is, is motivated. Yeah. I I've grown to really um, I've grown to appreciate the work from home life because <laughs> when, when it first happened, I, I was like, all right, I'm not, how am I going to do this? How are we going to coach? Cause I'm, I'm really uh, like my, the way I teach is like very hands-on and, mm-hmm. and, I just you can feel the energy when we're when we're in person. That that's what I like. It's not the same over a Zoom meeting for sure. Like you could see it, you could see everything. You can <laughs> still learn that way, but definitely not the same. Um, I guess it really depends on on your your style of coaching and teaching. It depends on that that manager. I mean, me personally, how I ended up uh, just being comfortable with that transition is doing. I, I added in a couple more. Um, one-on-one meetings with my reps and made sure I met with them in the morning in uh, during the middle of the day. And then during the end, not from, I wasn't micromanaging, but I wanted to really check in um, and see how they're doing because it it was a a big change for sure. Working from home. So I had to make sure that they were on the same page. They were staying motivated uh, well at the same time, looking at their KPIs and, and metrics and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy, crazy time, but, um, it's it is what it is. It's a new way of living and and then life. So we have to deal with it. Yeah, I love it. Um, but yeah, you you mentioned it. Um, you have that grit, that that go getter attitude. I love it, and love what you're doing. You are just crushing it in the sales environment. Um, you know, if you had to, you know, give a word of advice, you know, to, um, you know, anybody coming up in sales, um what we haven't covered yet, you know, what would that be if, you know, just uh, any final advice uh, that you would give those individuals? Yeah, it's definitely very easy to get down in in the SCR world, but you have to take rejection and failure and, and take it with open arms and, and learn how to get back up and, and just keep moving forward. Just like, just as in, 
life in general, just as with life in general, you, you have to do that with any negative uh, situation. So yeah, hang in there, keep learning, keep being, just be, be a great person, be coachable. Just every, everything that I said embodied into one emblem here, like literally just mindset and just, just crush it. Uh, that's all it is. For sure. I, <laughs> I love it. Now, I but, love it. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, I got to ask, where is um, LinkedIn Trump headed next? Oh, LinkedIn Trump. I don't know. I think I'll have to make a post closer to election time, maybe. <laughs> so I, I make uh, I make posts on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, but I, I kind of strategically uh, release the videos at certain events and because it's it's different crowds and demographics for each social network. So, but yeah, we'll probably yeah. do for LinkedIn. We'll probably do one closer to election time for sure. We'll see. Yeah, gotta gotta love it. Gotta, <laughs> gotta get it. If you haven't heard the video, gotta give. Uh, you be able to do the appreciation. <laughs> Usually don't do it on the spot, but yeah, just for you, Adam. Just for you <laughs> and, and the podcast, saying. <clears throat> Hello, Ed. oh, hang on. <laughs> Hello, how are you, Adam? Good to I'm see good. you. Yeah, you too. You too. How are things? Things are very. Uh, it is what it is. Things are going. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I saw the I saw the recent LinkedIn post. You know, you you gave some good tips uh, for sales development individuals. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Even though a lot there's a lot of a lot of rude people, a lot of very low energy people too. I mean, I, I will still try to help and give tips when I can, but uh, yeah. Yeah, you can't take that low energy, right? Low energy. You got to have that high energy every every call, right? Bigly, bigly energy for sure. I love it, Alan. Love it. It's, it is. I love that, man. You are phenomenal. Thank you. It was weird doing that without the wig. I was tempted to grab the wig. <laughs> yeah, man. It is, it is amazing. You are fantastic. And yeah, man, if people want to reach out, what's the best way to do that? Uh, yeah, get at me through LinkedIn or my email, my Gritseed email, which is ahallis at gritseed.com. And uh, yeah, hope to hear from anyone that wants any type of uh, help or any questions or just discuss life in general or just talk. I'm, I'm always here. I love meeting new people and having great conversation. I, Alan, man, it was a pleasure having you on the pod. I really enjoyed the conversation and keep coaching, keep crushing it. And yeah, dude, I uh, really appreciate you coming on this evening. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me, Adam. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Take care. All right, brother.